0: Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm glad you found us. With me today, I have Chad Sheely. Chad is the superintendent for the Vicksburg-Warren School District. Chad, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you today, Kevin? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to talk with us. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been doing these uh, podcasts for uh, officially a year now. They started in June last year. Uh, And unfortunately, obviously, the, the topic has been about school districts and their response to the pandemic. Um, sure. you know, the, the stories have been heroic. Uh, they've been uh, traumatic, uh, but they've been really, really interesting. And I think really, really valuable uh, for when we kind of come out of, of this madness and look around. And um, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to to chat with you. Maybe we could start off, give us a a state of play in in vicksburg warren right now not necessarily reflecting what happened in the past but you know, where you where are you currently and what are you looking for when um hopefully we go back to school next fall
1: okay sure um you know we like all districts um you know it's it's kind of hard not to talk about covid because it's a you know it's the thing that uh i i guess is um uh, connected to everything we've had to deal with over the last few years um, our district, uh, a few years back, I think it was um, six years ago now, we made the decision that we would move to a different type of platform uh, in delivering uh, student information and lessons and uh, everything from the, even, even the pedagogical training components of our professional development and our, our students uh, receiving instruction to a technical uh, tech platform. Uh, And our, you know, everybody has, you know, their solutions that they choose. Uh, We chose Google uh, as our platform with uh, Google Classrooms. Um, And part of what we had to do uh, in our particular district at the time was uh, not necessarily where it needed to be to uh, to do that. So we we began with infrastructure upgrades and a lot of research in types of (coughs) excuse me, in types of devices. And uh, we landed on Chromebooks and we landed on the Google platform for us. Um, And then we uh, built from there. Uh, So after we got our infrastructure and our our equipment purchased and all the professional development that rolls out, we were able to get all those things in place. And uh, when the pandemic arrived, uh, we were in a situation where we had a uh, asynchronous delivery system. Uh, We had taken all of our content and we have a digital app. Uh, through the district so that every teacher, every student, um, and, and every administrator for that matter could go into any building at any time and see the all of our pacing, all the work of education I think you do that to, to get everything lined up with standards referenced. And, and then when you start pulling all these resources, we found that we were kind of in these, you know, silo drop down website, you can get to this, all that stuff. So what we did is we consolidated all of that through an app. Uh, And in that app, it really became our, I guess, the hub to be able to assign everything as a one-stop shop for us. Um, So we took all of the solutions that were out there. We began to pull them together. Uh, You know, some of them were created in-house. We have the ability to, you know, we put all of our professional development. We break it up in snippets. We put them, uh, you know, in those areas connected to that app. But one of the, I think, the things that was most powerful for us uh, is the google classroom platform can't 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 deny that that that's an amazing uh, tool that we utilize uh, we were um, i guess two years ago we were designated as a google reference site uh, this last past year they came and did a uh, uh, a a case study i think was their first one since uh, 2017 in our district and they dubbed us one of the googliest districts in the nation their words not mine nice uh, and uh, it was it was amazing to be able to find a way to to consolidate everything and make it very succinct in the way that people could access and that in and of itself was was a lot of work Uh, it was it was very difficult to do Um, but but in addition to being sort of a i guess a a a nice way to to have a filing cabinet uh in 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 the tech way it gave us the power as an administrator i can go into any building and uh, and, and I can see where the pace of where we're supposed to be because I can click on every lesson for every grade. Uh, I can see everything. Uh, but the other thing it really gave us the opportunity to do was to begin to capture uh, the the powerful tools for equity in our district because uh, any organization that hires people has people that do things better than other people uh, and and not, not necessarily a blanket stroke because I think everybody does some things incredibly well. And it gave us the opportunity to begin to capture those and, and put those uh, snippets and resources in and align them directly to the standard. Uh, everything that we do is standard reference. So all of our resources, uh, the, the major work began to pull those together to, to embed that. Uh, so what we, what we wanted to be able to do was to give that resource to the teacher. We wanted to give that resource to the, to the principal. Uh, if they're brand new or they've been there for 25 years, they now have this breadth of, of, of content that they can access. Um, And and then what we did is we we worked with all of our vendors, everybody that we worked with, whether it's through an assessment tool or a delivery system. uh, We drew that down to the standard and we uh, made that concrete concrete through uh, the connection through this uh, app that we have. Um, So Mm -hmm. what we're also able to do is shoot out, uh, shoot out um, lessons, uh, you know, and it's it's similar. Some districts use Canvas and I'm sure there's other. Uh, solutions out there. But what it really did is it consolidated that effort uh, to to a real engineered systemic alignment uh, of all of what we do. Um, inside that, we've got uh, multiple vendors, uh, most notably, uh, I think, which may have drawn us some attention is we have Discovery Ed as yeah. a part of it. Uh, and Discovery Ed, uh, we, we utilize them in their, their original uh, structure, uh, an amazing tool. If anybody's not using it, I highly recommend it. Um, but one of the things that I think is uniquely uh, probably not uniquely only us, but uniquely uh, us is is the way that we look at education and its purposes. Um, so in our district, uh, we bridge education to employment. Um, there's a 28 year old uh, study out there by Harvard that states that um, the biggest problem in education is a disconnect between elementary, secondary and post-secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've done is, uh, we've added the employer to the conversation because quite frankly, uh, you know, everybody may not go to college, but everybody's going to go to work, uh, even if that work is out of their house. Yep. Uh, and we trying to, I guess, in a way to comprehensively put together, um, um, on a pathway, uh, and I think in our elementary and junior high, it's more an immersion, mm-hmm. uh, in a job cluster, uh, mindset that we want them to have job exposures and, and experiences all along the way. And we kind of, we pack that into a, a um, and I'm also a data guy. So I think in the, in the education world, uh, data is our alphabet, or it's our new bacon, right? It's the yep. thing that you just have to be aware of. And as, as we begin to, uh, I guess, more, you know, make concrete these experiences, we begin to track that data. So now we have a system where uh, in K-12, a kid goes to a, a job fair day or we have a visit from a, a particular uh, cluster uh, inside of that. Now we are able to capture that. So as they transition throughout our system all the way through, uh, they get to the junior high and they do a 16 job cluster exploration uh, specifically in eighth grade. Uh, we want them to kind of find themselves. We want them to uh, uh, really know what it is they like, and then they explore those overall uh, connections with the work. Now, inside that, that's really important when you talk about solutions uh, that are going to do that. Uh, Discovery Ed, we have uh, um, multiple avenues for that, but we also have gone in and taken uh, videos. We've recorded on site uh, with the uh, employers. Uh, We have externships where our teachers go out into the business. And of course, we have internships uh, that are aligned heavily as they move into high school. But we take those those segments, and we began to capture them. Um, And, and we put those in that app for that one, one uh, classroom. So now it's not just uh, our national resources and our worldwide, you know, web resources that are there, but we've got these internal connections with kids that have gone on to other jobs who have, uh, you know, are are in the career academies themselves. And they begin to uh, have a very Close impact because when you're talking to uh, a group of of um, second graders, third graders about a job skill, and they see somebody they know, uh, that's also been a, a a pretty strong point. So it's um, almost
0: like you're it's it's almost like you think of your school district as a as a content provider, really, right? I mean, you're aggregating these different well, forms it, of
1: content. It absolutely is, and and I think <clears throat> educators. Uh, in general, I, you know, and I, and I know we don't know everything about everything, and that's what we found out very quickly. I mean, if you're going to, uh, you know, in a, in a high school setting, we have our three uh, academies. We're a four next-generation learning uh, phase five district, and, and that has very specific outcomes for our students. We want, them, we want all kids to be uh, college, career, and life prepared. And inside that, we have an ACME, which is an architecture, construction, mechatronics, engineering academy, a health and human services academy, and a communications, arts, and business academy. Well, inside the uh, the the cab academy, we have this robust uh, communications uh, segment of us. And and what we did is we bought all this equipment <clears throat> for our students to be the resource for the capture. So we have teams of, of us that are celebrating us because, quite frankly, you know, there's there's tons of things that are. I think systemic all the way through education that, that you know, agnostically, it doesn't really matter where you live. They're the same. Right. But there's things that are very unique uh, to the region that, that are specific to us. So, uh, you know, I tell them all the time, you know, we're going to be the best solution for us. Now, I'm all about benchmarking. I'm all about establishing, you know, great practice outside and I'll steal anything that's great. Uh, and but but when you start making things for your district nobody's going to show up and pat you on the back and say hey let me come in and rescue you it's up to you to do that so inside of that we know we have the experts that are here uh, we know that we have the people that best understand our system here so instead of allowing some of those to work five and six years and get really great and, and impact a small group of students that we have uh, we're trying to grab those moments and 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 record them uh, you know much like I I try my best to have all the conversations I can with my grandmother right now, because I don't know how much longer I'm going to have. And, yeah. and those goes solid and forever, because when you talk about equity, uh, you know, classrooms only as good as what that group of kids hear. Well, if you can begin to find ways for technology to broaden that scope of who gets to hear it and to capture that over a period of time, you really get a, a very good resource um, that you can embed. Um, and, you know, and not just using my adults, I have my own TV station and we have, uh, you know, tons of, of content that's that's uh, generated and recorded, and uh, but now what we're doing in in the real life uh, way of establishing our communication students, they are uh, part of our um, our army of of gatherers, if you will. They go out. We we make them uh, uh, get ready for those careers that are in communication or broadcasting, uh, news uh, reporting, uh, tech. Uh, you know, we have uh, all types of. Uh, embedded coursework around that. Um, The other thing that I think is very important to to know about us in a a contextual situation is that we drew the line. uh, And I think this is common probably in in all of uh, maybe districts that are not in the big cities that the textbooks are written for, uh, because no textbook is written for us. Mississippi does not have a textbook company that writes for us. Our state department does not write for us. So for us to pick up a textbook and say we're going to go cover to cover, y'all do these lessons, uh, will not align to our state uh, uh, standards. It will not align, definitely will not align to the actual purposes of education. And uh, that's to bridge education to employment because all education leads to employment, period. So when you start talking about that, that's really our only mechanism to find the best solution for us is for us to be those content providers uh, in conjunction with the resources that that, you know, fall in line like Discovery Ed. Uh, you know, we found very quickly when we met with them the first time and we used them, we used them at their, their current state, but we got back with them and said, hey, we need this to fit us. We need we need to be able to embed these uh, to the standard inside this app so that when a teacher, uh, you know, they're not going out to a third party source of Discovery Ed, which, by the way, is amazing but they're able to pull those content down to the career clusters. They're able to pull those content down to the particular standards so that they're more useful. So now it's not this, I've got to watch this entire body of work to find out what's relevant to what I'm teaching in the third grade, because if teachers have to do that, most oftentimes they won't, they don't have the time for it. Uh, so what we did is we made those bite-sized connections now. And, and we did that with uh, defined STEM. Um, we've got, Uh, All types of of content base that's in there. Um, But one of the major uh, decisions in moving from a traditional textbook, you tell us what to teach, we teach this thing, and at the end of the class, we'll give you a grade, uh, is that we understood that the most relevant and valuable information is not in a book. Uh, I don't care when it was published, uh, especially if you're talking about history. I mean, that can change on a dime. And relevant content is more available when you utilize technological solutions. So we bit the bullet and said that we're going to go an all tech uh, version. Uh, And inside of that, that really gave us, um, you know, we had we had to beef up our PD because most educators, uh, that's not what they were trained to do. Uh, So we involved uh, our Army Corps Engineers Research and Development Center that's right here in Dixford. More PhDs per capita than anywhere else in the United States. Most brilliant minds on the planet. Uh, we engage them in those conversations um, you know and I think um, I think it's a wonderful conversation because both parties really want to be involved work really wants to be involved in what product and I hate to call kids product but but what 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 solutions are coming to them as employees they yeah. really want conversation they really want kids to have access to the types of tools that they have at work uh, because it just makes so much sense right yeah well talk a little and, bit about the like your the, the change
0: of behavior that was necessary. When you talk about the professional development of the teachers, uh, one of the things that I've discovered during all of this, that parents have become a much more important element than maybe they were before the pandemic, when you were talking about these things, and even in communication with them in a perverse way, has this acceleration of the use of zoom or remote communications maybe made your wider community more comfortable with
1: the idea of an all tech Curriculum. You know, again, we we uh, we we rolled out multiple solutions in that. Uh, We we have something that we utilize that's called uh, Thought Exchange. Uh, It's a it's a company uh, based out of Canada that we were able to to stumble upon, and what they have is this. Uh, idea cast net if you will it's it's you know crowd sharing for for content and instead of traditional surveys that you know most folks say we're going to put these ideas we choose the ideas and then we let you vote on those ideas uh, which is about every survey ever uh, this really puts the idea cast net out in front and and mm. as we dealt with our community and parents those were that's where we went uh, especially in response to pandemic you know we were we were trying to put together our solution and what it would look like and how we were going to, you know, we're going to choose uh, in-face instruction, virtual instruction, blended instruction, uh, 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 you know, asynchronous, synchronous. And uh, we put all those communication devices out. And I mean, we, you know, one of just one of ours had twenty seven thousand responses back in. And those wow. ratings, we were able to, you know, in a very clean way. And that was from our students, our employees. I mean, every stakeholder. Uh, And, you know, oftentimes it's the ones that get paid the most or the ones signing checks that get to make all the decisions. And it's their idea that's the best idea, not in our district. The best idea is the best idea. As a matter of fact, our top five responses that we chose to structure our restart, uh, two of them were students. And Mm -hmm. and when you when when you talk about inviting communication, uh, it's easy to say, Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. I I think the biggest flaw in education is to assume it's happened. Uh, and, and, you know, we put a threshold on what we will expect, you know, Hey, I sent that email out or, Hey, I, you know, you should have read it on our news, uh, article, or you should have, you know, we put a, a call out or we sent a text or, a uh, you know, remind one hundred one. But the thing about communication is that's two way street. And, you know, and, and, and if you don't go out to your community in any solution that you provide and you don't give them voice and you don't give stakeholders, and when I mean stakeholder, I mean, all of them, um, and even in our construction of our, uh, I guess our academy model, uh, we went out for uh, a solid year and created a community-wide strategic plan uh, around that. Uh, uh, we had initially, we probably had about 91, 92 people we engaged that actually signed the the, the agreement. But, I mean, we have over uh, between our business partners uh, and we have a signing uh, day for them uh, and, and their commitment to us and them. It's very delineated. Uh, all that's available on the website if anybody's interested in finding it uh, at www vwsd.org. Um, but, but the thing that we found is that that partnership, you know, how that desire to engage from parents to business owners to uh, everybody, um, that that grew exponentially greater than we expected. I mean, we have over 300 uh, business, uh, business partners and community signees uh, now. Uh, inside of that, what it did is it opened up resources that from an education side, as much as is, is employment doesn't understand education except for what they experienced. Um, yeah. Education oftentimes is, is absolutely saturated with people that are really good at school, the traditional school. They went to a college and then they came back to a classroom. So when you're talking about looking at a, a teacher and going, we need a relevant engineering project, uh, that that's almost an impossible task without involving engineers, without involving the actual work of the people that are doing the work. Because what you'll do is you'll create this this uh, very comforting uh, uh, false uh, alignment to work when, when people who've never engaged in that work are creating it. Yeah. Um, and I think education as a whole, and, and I'm part of it, don't get me wrong, I'm an educator. I was born to be one. But one of the biggest problems with us is, you know, we're, we're a bunch of little kids making up a game that only we care about. And, and, you know, when we began to talk to our employers and we would say, OK, we, we developed this thing around where do we want to go? What do we want to do and how do we want to create this? You know, very few of them said that anything that we were measuring as an educational entity really mattered. Nobody brought up test scores. Not right. a single employer said anything about a state test. Nobody, not one. Yeah. yet you know, All these folks are bending over backwards with all their effort and energy to, to you know, cash in on this absolutely antiquated, ridiculous way. Uh, to, to measure the success of a, of, a, of a child. So that group that we engaged came up with something that we were able to then, uh, I, I think in a deeper way, uh, uh, come up with an educational model that mattered. Uh, and we developed something called our four E's. Uh, and, it, and you know a lot of districts create a portrait of a graduate. And that's in essence, what we had done is we came in and said, what do you want them to be able to do? I mean, give us an earmark of what, if I've got a, a student that exits us, college and career ready, right? What does that mean? Uh, What does that mean for a kid to leave our district and what do you want them to be able to do? And we landed around uh, those four E's and they stand for, uh, the first one is employed with credentials that you earn with us. Uh, That's that's a, that's a, a real job, high paying wage with an industry credential or an associate's degree tied to a specific skill. Enlisted in the armed forces because that was an appropriate exit strategy for us to have our students join one of the branches of of armed forces to be um, enrolled in a post-secondary institution because your goals uh, require a bachelor's degree or above. Um, And then the last one was to be an entrepreneur because it's okay to work for yourself. Uh, Inside those four E's, we took these groups of experts around that and we had them double down on the professional knowledge they had to tell us what you need to be able to do. Um, so we got all of our IHL people, our junior college, we had multiple universities that said, uh, outside of what's already established, because there's tons of checklists that, that the state departments and educational entities have as, as earmarks of success. But like in the entrepreneur section, we took people who were startup business owners who have successful operating businesses because they have forgotten more stuff about starting a business than any of us will really know in education. So we created that, I guess, a goal line. And they gave us a, I think it was an 81 page manual uh, of all of the advice around that. And then we took the commonalities, put them on a checklist, and we took the ones that were specific around that E, and we put those there as advice in a a more easy checklist. And inside our uh, advisory periods at the high school, they go through there and they select one of those at their junior year Uh, At least by their junior year, they can do it before that. And they can pick multiples also. Then we scaffold with that all the way back to pre-K. So we have one of these uh, process standpoints, because if you look at what research says, awarding uh, awarding a group of people at the end of the work does nothing to improve the work. Uh, It really has little impact on improving future work, to be honest with you, but, but if you incentivize during the process by establishing autonomy, mastery, and purpose in a clear directive to make them better at what they want to do, that improves not only motivation, but it pro- improves the outcomes. Mm. So it's very simple for all along the way for people to see what they should be able to do in order to be prepared for that end game to leave us with a solid career. I will tell you that technology is absolutely permeant through all of it. There is not a single we have uh, we have we have uh, uh, drank the Kool Aid, if you will, around technology. And what we understand is that it doesn't matter what field you're choosing. If you're not if you're not uh, technologically fluent, uh, you're going to be in a world of hurt. Uh, you're going to be right. performed. Uh, you're going to be out hired. You will not get promoted. Uh, and and oftentimes. I think, uh, you know, education as a whole has really thought that this was that other thing that we've got to teach as another course. Um, you know, we're going to teach that to the kids that are interested in it. Coding
0: uh, over here. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Uh, everybody in my district, uh, we, we, I, I think I have, I think we're up to around 40 something robotics teams in our elementary competed in regional and state and world competition. Uh, won, uh, the state and, and region multiple times, uh, Inside of that, um, we, we put coding as a real need. Um, we, we created something called the Academy of uh, innovation. Uh, and it is a junior high that's open enrollment to, uh, our other junior highs that is an engineering junior high school. Those kids code multiple languages by the time they leave. Uh, one of our, one of our eighth grade, uh, science fair projects, one of the kids built a robot that can solve a Rubik's cube in under five minutes in any variation, uh, you know, elementary, one of our, Fourth grade students wrote a math game uh, that was aligned to our standards and sold it on the uh, the, the uh, Apple Store for uh, I think it was twenty last last I heard uh, earned about twenty five hundred bucks off an app that he created as a fourth grader. Nice. <laughs> uh, so we start talking about uh, real honest integration with technology. Um, it's in our systems. At the, at the district level, meaning you can't say this is a class we're going to teach and then have a whole district that operates outside the use of what technology can do for you yeah. um, at integration in the curriculum level, meaning it has to be very explicitly stated in how we're going to do that. And that's a lot of work, uh, but it's uh, essential. And it's got to be in the most relevant um, uh, uh, materials that you purchase and processes and projects that you, per- that you operate through. Um, at in the classroom, and and you know, a classroom has looked the same way. Te- there's not a piece of technology that will look the same in six months. I mean, when you're talking about what's cutting edge now, uh, you know, my kids asked me what I did about cyber uh, uh, bullying when I was in high school. I was like, slow down, man! I got my first flip phone when I was working on my. Uh, grade. <laughs> That's right. Such animal, right? That's right. Technology and work and everything progresses at such a fast rate, but you could walk into 90 percent. And this is a made up number by Chad. But I I bet I I could. I I bet you it's the truth. Uh, You could walk in 90 percent of the classrooms in the United States. And every one of them have chairs that are lined up facing to the front of the room with an adult standing up there talking to them. Work doesn't look like that. It's collaborative. You have projects. You have systems where, uh, you know, people utilize all of their expertise. And, and uh, we in this district understand that our students are part of that expertise, not just by adults. You know, you mentioned earlier that we're leveraging, you know, the content around, uh, you know, our adults. It's our students that are producing this. Our, matter of fact, most of our uh, most impactful uh, videos that we have that are promoting or encouraging the younger kids to move up don't have any adults in them at all. Uh, it's, it's, it, it was video storyboarded uh, and, and made by students, recorded by students, produced by students, and then was able to be embedded back in the system to recruit more students into those uh, particular fields. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I mentioned this uh, in our in our brief uh, conversation for you, uh, started the record button. I believe these systems that we have that are really robust and integrated around technology and innovation. Uh, and outside the box, uh, when you start uh, understanding, like you and I, we're in completely different areas having a conversation. Well, that can be in a classroom, too. Uh, when you talk about a particular instructor, when you have a synchronous uh, direct video feed to any event, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, if you're talking about science, imagine a whole district uh, where you have this awesome experience as an uh, um one, for example, uh, we had an alignment with the Army Corps Engineers Research and uh, uh, Center. They have a blast facility, right? Uh, we had uh, part of the content we, we drew down into one of our algebra classes where they had to uh, use formulas to decide which was the best tensile strength of, of composition for a concrete block to make it the most durable to uh, certain PSI values uh, when, when added to it uh, to, to be able to stay intact. Well, they did all that mathematical formula, which was very relevant, right? And they were able to uh, do that experience in class, which was great. But how much better would it be if they were on site at the Army Corps of Engineers Research and Development Center in that actual blast center? Well, that's right. exactly it. They did. they did that whole math lesson I just described over there over in there. one of the federally secure environments in the entire United States, and were able to that and, and at that level. Uh, that high uh, of security, they were amenable to bringing kids on campus. I think we just don't ask and we don't do sometimes, but we were also able to capture that. And now you got that for every kid always to be able to experience at a level, maybe not being there, but, um, you know, making those moments, I think stick and be collective and, and uh, provide equity inside that. Mm -hmm. and as and as much as we've fought for the last five years to make that happen, we've gotten. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but uh, the conventions of education uh, that currently exist through compliance, and uh, you know, in every state, you've got you know all all the red tape of education that says, "Yeah, that sounds real good, but you can't do it because." Well, that was kind of the way that we had to fight. Well, if there's any good thing about COVID, all of a sudden now there was this propulsion. Uh, the slingshot into the the absolute requirement of access through asynchronous, synchronous, blended learning opportunities. Right. And, and, you know, uh, I'm very thankful that I have a progressive board and community that was willing to make a lot of the commitments that we've made uh, four to five years ago to get us where we were ready to just take advantage of this. Um, and, you know, even during COVID, you know, we we shut down for half a year uh, last year. Uh, when we began our school year, we had a fully uh, uh, asynchronous delivery device. We had a blended device and we had an in-person opportunity for our parents to choose. So we've had all, all gambits since day one. But but we are, are are neatly aligned now to be able to execute those four X strategies in a much deeper way because of the use of technology. Yeah. Because they- of, uh, and, and, you know, even during the, the pandemic where we couldn't go do site visits anymore, we couldn't go take, and we do workshop days. We take entire groups of kids on site inside of, uh, businesses, uh, for, for site visits today, where they get to see the type of work they're going to do. Yeah. Um, internships that were so, uh, wonderful pre COVID where we could take a kid and they go out, uh, like in our HVAC Academy and they, they are actually uh, finished graduation by, by December and they roll out in full eight hour a day internships in six businesses that cycle them through and then fight over them at the end to who gets to hire them. Um, we were not able to do some of those things, but technology allowed us to continue to do site visits. We did industry tours that were recorded and were able to pull those back down. I think that's kind of a new way to go. Uh, even if it's not fully there, I don't think we can ever go back to a point where technology doesn't have the respect it needed. Yeah. Uh, prior, uh, and I think in the educational community now, it has forced us to have a conversation around how do we get every student with a device? How do we get them access at their homes? I mean, if you look what's happening in Mississippi for the first time ever, you got dark fiber that's being accessed now that that I mean, whoever thought that, that, that we'd be in a world where they wouldn't fight over money for that. Uh, yeah, right. We, we're now in a situation where everybody is now uh, being able to have the conversation. I mean, it is our new alphabet, right? Every kid needs to understand how to use technology and integrate through that. So yeah. we're very excited uh, to be able to continue to move in those directions, um, to, to expand what we can and to be able to, you know, create a much greater version of what we are today, tomorrow, based yeah. on the tech integration we have.
0: Well, Chad, I knew the toughest part of this conversation would be to end it. There's so much you uh, have so many different things going on, so many exciting things. Uh, usually, when I, at the end of a conversation like this, I said to my wife, "We have to move to Vicksburg and put our kids in you school
1: need... there." <laughs> let me let me let me, let, let me say this last one thing. Uh, during COVID, and 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 I and I mentioned this to you before. All of our CT is dual credited, uh, and we have a great partnership and partnerships of the world that everybody should live in. But in that 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 initial statement that I gave you about Harvard, yeah, about the connect, we engaged our IHL Community College partners. And we have five of those. Uh, our students, and we have. Uh, Uh, We have just shy of 8,000 students pre-K all the way to our post-secondary, but our seniors that are graduating this year earned almost 13,000 college credit hours. We had seven kids that graduated with associate's degrees, and this was during COVID. This was during this lag. We kept uh, online instruction going through our IHL partners, too. So to just encourage everybody out there, um, you know, we didn't start there uh, by any and, and the first step is the first step but but take this opportunity to really begin to say hey everybody's pretty much open to things that are innovative now everybody's right. better world to be innovative you're not like the only person out on the ice anymore That's and right. I applaud you for, for capturing multiple people and and multiple subjects around this and making this a transparent conversation for everybody and being a, uh, an advocate uh, and a champion for change in education and uh, innovative practices. So, uh, and, and we appreciate you reaching out to us to be a part of that conversation. Well,
0: absolutely. But Chad, thanks again. And thanks everybody for watching this episode of Innovation in Education. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I hope you click around and find another one soon.